0: Hey there, firm owners. I'm Ryan Lozanis, and you're listening to the Future Firm Accounting Podcast, the place where you'll get one actionable lesson each episode to help systematize your accounting firm so you can earn more while working less. In today's episode, I want to talk about why and how I ran my firm without timesheets. Day one of my firm started with the idea of not using timesheets, and the idea wasn't based on any super sophisticated reasons. I knew that I wasn't going to track time and base my prices on hours spent as I would be selling fixed priced packages. And I also knew that my goal was to grow this business and eventually hire team members, and that everyone I knew hated their timesheets. So if people hate something so much, why would I make them do it? I was adamant on not using timesheets at all, and I'm proud to say that I was able to build and scale a very respectable seven-figure firm without timesheets. Not only that, but if it was acquired by a large corporate services firm, the firm was obviously healthy from a profitability standpoint, meaning running a firm without timesheets is absolutely possible. Now, I'm not there to advocate for timesheets one way or another. There are many different approaches out there. I know some great firms that use timesheets, I know other great firms that ditch timesheets and then went back to using them, and I know others that don't touch them. The purpose of this episode is to simply share my experience and let you decide what might work best for you. I do know that people were very happy to not use them, and it was a big advantage that candidates enjoyed about our firm when evaluating different options. Ultimately, the main concept I used when it came to running a firm without timesheets was the concept of forecasting time. Timesheets are backward looking, they record time that has taken place on tasks or clients. The time has already elapsed, so it's hard to correct course at that point. Additionally, I also see time tracking as an inaccurate tool. Do you know anyone other than yourself? that's actually truly accurate when they record their time. If they aren't tracking their time properly, everything gets screwed from a numbers standpoint. Many might ask, but Ryan, how did you know how to price your work? How did you know whether your clients are profitable? Well, I didn't do anything complicated. You should be able to forecast your time requirements on what you're proposing to your clients and costing out the work and coming up with a rough estimate of your profitability note that now of this is a science and none of it will be 100 percent accurate but it will give you a rough idea as an overly simplified example if you are proposing 12 months of bookkeeping with 100 transactions per month you should have a decent idea of approximately how long it will take you don't need a timesheet to come up with that estimate you've done this type of stuff often enough to give a best guess in terms of hours you're predicting I recognize that some won't love this answer, but really it's not more complicated than that. I'm proof that it works. I offered very similar packages to clients, so I was able to have relatively tight estimates in terms of predicted time. So when it came to pricing decisions, timesheets weren't required whatsoever. On the other end of the spectrum, many will use timesheets to help guide capacity planning decisions, but as Ron Baker famously says, Using your timesheets for capacity planning is the equivalent of timing your cookies with your smoke alarm. Instead, I once again use the concept of forecasted time. In an overly simplified way, as I've discussed in many other podcast episodes of mine on the topic of capacity planning, look at all your clients, all your tasks, and all your projects and assign time estimates to all this stuff and model out your firm's time commitments on a rolling monthly 12-month basis. You'll then see how much time is forecasted to be required. Compare that forecasted time by your firm's available capacity, which is how many hours will your team be working on a monthly basis. You'll then see if you're over and under capacity on a month to month basis. Prior to the new month hitting, we'll review capacity requirements for the upcoming month and see if anyone is expected to be overloaded. If so, we'll shift capacity around and then weekly, we'll update our capacity expectations, which will give us close to real-time capacity insights. I recognize you might need a bit more details on how to engage in capacity planning, but the important thing to note is that we never looked at time from a backward-looking perspective. Everything was always done from a forward-looking lens. The team was happier, and we reduced a huge administrative burden. Sure, capacity planning still added some admin work, but not nearly as much as using timesheets. So that's really what I wanted to review today. I simply wanted to give you a bit more insights into why and how I ran my firm without timesheets in case you're interested in going down that path. Okay, so that just about wraps it up. And if you're looking for help when it comes to unlocking freedom and flexibility in your firm, then you'll wanna check out my Future Firm Accelerate online coaching program. You'll get step-by-step self-paced training on how to quickly systematize your firm so that you can earn more while working less. You'll get coaching whenever you need more help, and you'll join a community of 700 plus modern firm owners who are all helping each other out. For more info, just head on over to www.futurefirmaccelerate.com. So that's all for today. Hope you found today's episode helpful, and I'll catch you in the next one. Take care.